Hello and welcome to the Liam Louth podcast episode 11. So today's podcast will be quite short and sharp. It's one that's been on my mind recently quite a bit. Just It's about fitness trackers, wearable technology and as I mentioned in earlier podcasts, I wanted this to be a place where my clients could kind of be pointed towards just my, my quick opinions on a certain subject rather than wasting coaching time. So it won't be that long, it won't be that in-depth, and it's not going to involve loads of science, statistics, just my hot take on wearable technology. So I'm not a massive watch person. Uh, I've always appreciated a watch in terms of style, but I never quite liked them. But I do view my Garmin watch as one of the best things I've bought in terms of gadgets, but it has its limitations. So the Garmin, I think it's called a Vivo Active uh, 3, and uh, the price was quite decent. It was like 120 maybe or something off Amazon. And what the, what Garmin are known for is is the, the GPS tracking. And it's really good for your running person and your, your steps and things like that. And it does do your stress levels and it does do your sleep, which is quite interesting. And it tells you how many hours you've spent in each block of sleep, whether it's deep or light, whether you're disturbed. And it gives you averages and totals. And you can compare your sleep against you know, other Garmin users or you, you run pace against other Garmin users and it's like step goals and stuff. So I love it. It's brilliant. Uh, it's nice that you can monitor your stress so you can manage recovery better, which is quite good. But the main thing I want to get at is it's very accurate for running and walking, but it's horrendously bad for calories. So apparently, I don't know how true it is, with wristwatches, it checks your pulse every, I don't know, minute or every two minutes, every 30 seconds, whatever it is, depending on the model. It's not tracking it the whole, you know, every waking hour, every minute, every day, because the battery would go a lot faster if it was. So it doesn't quite capture a true picture of how many calories you've burned. So if you are a weight loss client, I don't even think that's a bad thing, to be honest, because there's a bit of a tendency to people eating back the calories they burnt. So they think, oh, I burnt 1,000 calories, so I'll eat back 800. And it's not an exact science, and it is encouraging to eat more. So even though the formula's not exact, you don't you don't want to keep eating back those calories, you with me? And even if it was, you, you, you still it's defeating the purpose because it's encouraging you to eat what you've burnt, and it, it can be a bit risky. So you have your 2,000 calories or your 1,600, and you have a 1,000 calorie bike or row or swim. And then you end up eating like 3,000 calories or whatever it is. And it just kind of ends up, you end up being in maintenance almost. Or you think you're going to do 800 calories in terms of eating. And you burnt 1,000, but your portions are a bit off. So you think you're in a little bit of a deficit, but you're not. So I think for most weight loss people, just ignore the calories. Don't stress about it. Let the calorie deficit do the work. And, and use the watches for your running times, for your steps, you know, t- if you like, the, the main reason I like people wearing watches and Fitbits and stuff like that, doesn't have to be Garmin, is mainly because it, it gamifies the whole getting your steps in. So it goes, hey, you have done 10,000 steps more than last week, or you beat your score, or you're on a 20-day step streak and all these silly little things, it pops up. That's gamifying things. Like, people are addicted to Candy Crush and, you know, playing games, you know what I mean? So getting a little a step tally can gamify the fitness process if you like or the weight loss process so it can be good and it's good if you're a runner or a part-time runner like me but you don't have to get a Garmin necessarily you know a Fitbit isn't that accurate but if you're doing it just for a step count 
to encourage good behaviours. That's brilliant. Uh, next one then I've, I've used quite a lot and I'm a big fan of is my zone. So my zone's big competitor is polar or polar. Uh, so that's a it's a, a belt effectively, but it's a chest strap. So I don't know how true it is again, but apparently my zone claim it's ninety seven percent accurate to some of the hospital equipment that they used in in the machines for for you know the, in the cardiac units and stuff. So I don't know how true that is, but that that reads your heart rate concurrently so it's in the background running your heart rate all the time and you get a real-time display on your phone so you can be on the treadmill and you can check what zone you're going in of uh, into and what zones you're coming out and stuff like that so you can test your recovery uh, you can test like your fitness and your conditioning and that kind of stuff so that, that's quite important if anyone's got a real fitness-based goal i definitely recommend getting a, a my zone and i've not tried the polar but it's effectively the same thing and uh, yeah, so they have all your different zones and it comes up on the screen. Or if you forget your phone or you're doing like a Spartan race or something or you don't want it to get wet and tough mudder, you can leave your phone at home and it, it will just connect. It will save the data remotely. And then when you get home and you connect to your Wi-Fi, your Bluetooth, whatever, it will actually download your scores. And you can set the challenges on there and you can follow friends on there and stuff like that. So again, it gamifies it. But that's a much more accurate measure. What I've actually noticed is I'll go for a run wearing my my zone and, and I'll burn like 900 calories. My Garmin will say 600 and, and I've done this about five to 10 times and I've realised what I can do is just wear my Garmin watch and just work, add 33%. So if my calories are 600, I know I've probably burnt 900 or if it's 1,000, I've burned 1,500 calories uh, pretty much exactly every time so if you don't want to invest in the my zone but you roughly want to know your calories that you've burned i would plus 33 percent and again these aren't exact formulas but it's just something i've found uh, but i do like a my zone because having it there you can tell what zones you've been in and the my zone what's what's good about it is as you get fitter it will adjust your max heart rate so your max heart rate is apparently 220 or the theory goes is 220 minus your age so if you're 40 it's 180 is your max heart rate. But in practice, the, it does drift left and right of that. And as you get fitter, your perceived max will change. And you get an email from my zone saying it's changed. And uh, the, the Garmin watch does that a little bit as well. So it updates your, your resting heart rate and stuff like that and improves your heart rate variability. So one of one of the big features of, of these technologies are, even if they are a bit inaccurate, is you want to see your heart rate variability improve or your HRV. So it's, it's your body's ability to kind of enter that fight or flight stage of exercise, you know, whether it's boxing or running or, you know, an actual threat in real life. And then also not being hyper-stressed and, and chronically kind of overstimulated and also being able to wind down. So you rest and digest phase when your heart rate's lower and it's easy to digest food and absorb things and recover and repair the tissue that you've damaged. So both both phases are quite important, and I don't want to get too much into them phases today, but it, it's a good it's a good way of seeing that range develop. So an athlete, for example, has a good HRV because he's able to get to that high heart rate and sustain it without fatigue for long periods of time, depending on the sport. But then he's also able to drop down, or she's able to drop down, recover, and get the best out of that session. Because remember, when we train, we're stimulating an adaptation. But a lot of it occurs when we're sleeping right, when we're eating right, when we're drinking our water and we're getting hydrated and we're resting and we're managing recovery. So one thing I'd like to, to state on these my zone things is we've run challenges at our bootcamp business and people get too caught up in the calories and it's about red zones and stuff. And 
although that can be a positive thing because we're trying to lose weight and it's encouraging activity, people do end up kind of running themselves into the ground just to trace red zone. And it's not all about who can stay in the red zone the longest. There's benefits to that, but there's also downsides to it. One of the big downsides is people who stay get in the red zone for quite some time, or if they're not conditioned to it, there's often a big drive to eat afterwards. So you end up kind of wanting to binge on more food. So your kind of diet adherence drops, and you're going back for seconds, or you're having dessert because you feel it's justified because your appetite's crazy high and through the roof. There's also the added recovery demands that come from being in the red zone. You're more likely to get injured in the red zone because you're doing sprints and you're maybe not conditioned to it. You with me? So there's some risks. So you want to manage your load. So if I'm working with a client on fitness-based goals, I don't always want them to get into the red zone. And I occasionally have clients who do boxing with me and, and they love seeing it in the red zone. And it, if they enjoy it, they enjoy it kind of thing. And it depends what they've hired me for. But if someone wants to actually improve the not the fitness and the capacity and the, and the sort of... Uh, abilities around training conditioning recovering they need to think a bit bigger than just an exhausting themselves every time so just be careful what you're chasing so yeah i mean that's the only two i've really used is, is the my zone and the garmin and you know it, it's kind of well known in the industry that the fitbits aren't, aren't the greatest bits of kit but it it's encouraging good habits so the, the big take-home messages for me are if you're a weight loss client Try not to eat back all the calories that you've burnt off through exercise. So if anyone's using my fitness pal, uh, they give you the option of kind of tracking your cardio and stuff like that. Don't do it because either consciously or subconsciously, you'll end up kind of justifying sneaking in extra food or into your calorie deficit and stuff like that. And I just don't think it, it's very, it's defeating the kind of point of, of trying to lose weight. Uh, if you really care about your fitness and you've got some big goals, definitely invest in you know, a, a monitor like my zone or Polar. I've, I'm actually trying one at the minute, which is called Morpheus. And I think I mentioned the guy on a previous podcast. The guy's called Joel Jameson. And he's coached a lot of like athletes in different sports and, and UFC fighters and stuff. And I'm doing his course at the minute on recovery, performance and conditioning. And there's a little kind of gadget I got with it, which is effectively like a Garmin watch, but it has different heart rate zones and I might do a, an updated review on that, but as yet, I've, I've really not had the chance to kind of look into it. But yeah, so most watches are going to be brilliant for steps and general activity, but the heart rate monitors are going to be much more accurate and much better for fitness and conditioning. So it depends what you want it for. But for those who haven't invested in any, I, I would really recommend it because people who do tend to enjoy your exercise more because you see yourself getting fitter and it gamifies the process as i've said about 10 times and you'll be getting sick of so if you can afford pt or a gym membership that's not that cheap or you know your five coffees a day or whatever it is or your ms meals and stuff like that i would argue you could probably afford you know your garmin watch or your your fitbit if that's going to help you lose fat which in most cases i think it does because it really encourages some healthy habits but Obviously, it's not essential. So 12 minutes, just waffling on about technology. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. And I actually am going to do the sleep podcast next. Or maybe I'll get my guest on next. Depends on her availability. But yeah, I've got some slides to kind of help me on the sleep podcast. Because I've built it up so much. It has to be at least half decent. So yeah, thanks for listening as always. Hope that was useful. And I'll see you next time.